I'm David Webb, Director of Investments at JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're recording this discussion on November 10th, 2022. I'm joined today by a senior member of our investment committee, John Foster, who is also an investment strategist at JMBA. Thanks for being here with me today, John. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. John, recently we've talked a little bit about potential market-moving news flow that might uh, set us up for a year-end rally. Uh, and some of these events included the Fed decision a couple weeks ago. Uh, we also had today's uh, inflation print, a jobs report from a week ago, and then, of course, the midterm elections. I guess as you think about all of these new pieces of data that the market has had to digest, which ones do you think are the most important ones that investors should be focused on here as we move into the final stretch of uh, 2022? Yeah, David, we're really looking at, you know, a variety of things that could be catalysts. You know, obviously, we've had both stocks and bonds under pressure all year and very high levels of investor pessimism. And oftentimes when people are most pessimistic is when the market can really be set up for, you know, a large counter trend move on even kind of the smallest of positive news, you know, often it's not uh, the level of inflation or the level of unemployment or other things, but rather the rate of change, you know, are things trending the wrong direction or are things trending the right direction? And so a couple of things that we'd really had our eye on, you know, we talked how a lot of times in midterm election years, the market, uh, you know, will remain a little bit under pressure until such time as the market can successfully discount uh, the outcome of midterm elections. And, you know, a lot of times that happens in August or September, you know, this year, as close as midterms were, uh, it obviously took a bit more time for the market to be able to understand, well, what are we dealing with moving forward? And historically, uh, the best outcome for the market has been a Democrat uh, in the Oval Office and then a split Congress. Uh, that's been when markets have had their highest returns and we're, you know, on track, it appears, you know, for some sort of version of that uh, in terms of uh, having a Democrat in the White House and then and then a split uh, split Congress here. So that type of gridlock tends to keep the rules uh, a bit uh, in place that allows for more intermediate to longer term decisions to be made. So. You know, removing uh, the uncertainty a bit from midterms here really then allows us to set up for what often is a real seasonally strong time for the market. Uh, kind of this uh, November time frame through year end, the market tends to uh, historically perform quite well. I think those are, are great points. And I know some of the, the data we've talked about behind the scenes has been, you know, even even though uh, the, the one year performance, you know, coming off of a midterm election uh, going all the way back to 1950 has been about 15 percent or about maybe twice what the market's done historically in any given time frame. Um, it's even stronger under a split Congress. Do we feel that. Uh, John, that, that with the Fed continuing to raise rates, that might dampen some of the normal seasonality that, that an investor might otherwise expect as a tailwind to their portfolio results? I think it's really the Fed acting beyond what the market's expecting, David. You know, I think that's really been the problem this year, as we've talked about uh, inflation being the primary concern of, of the Federal Reserve and the Fed being well behind 
you know, uh, the, the yield curve in terms of where they said rates were going and where they actually put rates. If we went back a year ago, the Fed had anticipated, you know, ending this year with a Fed funds rate of about 50 basis points. And now, lo and behold, they're going to end the year likely with Fed funds above 4%. So, it, you know, they were off on what they were signaling to the market by a factor of eight. And that uh, certainly created, you know, havoc in both stocks and bonds. Well, now you have a market that expects, you know, Fed funds to peak out at about 5%. Uh, and the Fed's below 4% today. And so there's a lot of wiggle room still uh, to the upside for the Fed to do, you know, what appears like 50 basis points more in December without it roiling the bond market. In fact, you know, today we finally got the first friendly, these inflation days, you know, they have not been friendly to the markets and that uh, inflation had been coming in hotter than the market wanted. And now today we finally had a bit of a break in inflation where inflation came in uh, a bit under expectations and it kind of lit a fire uh, under both stocks and bonds uh, with uh, the 10-year yield today dropping by, you know, about 30 basis points and stocks, uh, you know, as we speak, rallying the most they've rallied since April of, of 2020. So a big move up for stocks, a big move down in yields. Uh, and all it took was one friendly inflation number because everybody was positioned on the other side of that. You know, everybody had been waiting uh, for inflation to cool. And now we're, we're finally seeing some friendlier inflation data and markets acting accordingly uh, as everybody was kind of positioned for that hotter inflation, higher interest rate trade. Uh, and now and now finally leaning the other way. Yeah, it's it's definitely striking, John, how how ugly sentiment got where, you know, people just felt like they couldn't catch a break with some of the fundamental news, but but especially on inflation. But I mean, jobs have held in pretty good Um, inflation. We've talked a little bit about it being in the process of peaking and today's uh, inflation print is clearly a step in the right direction coming in below the consensus. I guess, you know, with with valuations now having reset. And I mean, this is the the flip side of sort of the market sell-off. Prospective returns should be higher for investors. Clearly, on the bond side, they're going to be making well more than they did uh, at the beginning of the year. But how how do you how does the JMBA Investment Committee think a little bit about timing? Are we are we to a point now where uh, the the valuations and the sentiment are enough where assuming you don't need liquidity as an investor, you can kind of close your eyes and look through the valley here. Do you, do you feel the market's gotten to that point yet? Yeah, I certainly think, you know, we're, we're far enough into it, it, you know, and so if you went with today a base case that the Fed, you know, the rate increases act with a leg, as we've talked about, uh, where typically, you know, nobody knows the amount of leg, but call it three to six months. So rates that are being raised today won't impact the real economy for a few months out. So if you go with, you know, some sort of base case scenario that we do end up with a mild recession, uh, you know, the first half of next year, you know, the average bear market with the recession lasts about 15 months. We're, you know, 11 months uh, into the current one as it began, you know, January this year, here we're sitting in November. So you're definitely well into it uh, where you're likely closer to the bottom than the top. Now, for equities, though, equities have never bottomed before the recession uh, began. And so there could still be, depending on the exact timing of everything, 
a bit more volatility ahead for equities. What's interesting to note on bonds is fixed income actually uh, will, will bottom about four months ahead of a recession beginning. And so if you put, you know, some sort of time horizon of, you know, Q1 of next year, let's say on the prospects for a recession starting, that would probably mean that yields have peaked or that the bond market's actually peaking right around now, uh, if history's any guide. And so, uh, you know, we think certainly uh, to, to be invested in bonds and then expect yields to hang in there. Uh, that would be a very rational expectation uh, based on uh, you know history, whereas equities you're you're far enough into it where if you buy stocks today and you wait three to five years you'll probably be real happy with your decision. As far as hitting the exact bottom, though, there's a chance that still is you know in in the future depending what happens with the economy from here. Sure. Well, I think that's a great point, and I'm glad you shared it, John. I, I definitely, uh, you know, know, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. You know, inflation peaks are just wonderful things for forward-looking returns, and it's amazing how well this market has dealt with this bevy of bad news over the last uh, four to five months. You know, it was really just the first half of the year that the market kind of went into uh, a free fall, and it's been um, it's been choppy since then, but it's been largely flat. So that just echoes your earlier point about the market sort of being a, a wonderful discounting machine in terms of looking around the corner and anticipating what's next. And so uh, I appreciate you sharing um, some reasons for optimism today and uh, appreciate the very, uh, the very good discussion, John. And thank you very much for listening in today. We're grateful for your continued trust in JMBA, not just as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find more information and our other podcasts at our website at jmba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA financial advisors or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com backslash disclosure.